Hello, I'm Philip Schoenfeld, Editor-in-Chief of Evidence-Based GI, and today I'm with Swati Patel, Associate Professor of Medicine in the Division of Gastroenterology at the University of Colorado School of Medicine. We'll be discussing a September 2021 publication in Gut by Van Hatten et al. entitled Piecemeal Cold Sneer Polypectomy versus Conventional Endoscopic Mucosal Resection for Large Sessile Serrated Lesions. And to start, Dr. Patel, I just want to get a sense from you about why this would be important to the listeners. Thank you, Dr. Schoenfeld. It is a true pleasure and honor to have this conversation with you about an article that I actually truly believe is practice changing. You know, we all are aware that there's been a steady decline in the incidence and mortality associated with colorectal cancer over the last several decades in our country. And this is in large part due to the widespread uptake of colonoscopy and endoscopic polypectomy, which interrupts the natural history to cancer. Unfortunately, we are all also quite familiar with the phenomenon of post-colonoscopy cancer or interval cancer, which is a cancer that occurs after a complete colonoscopy, but before the next due surveillance examination. This is theoretically a phenomenon that shouldn't happen. And unfortunately, studies suggest that 20 to 30% of these post-colonoscopy cancers may very well be due to incomplete resection of polyps. Sesalcerated lesions are the precursor to approximately one-third of all colon cancers and progress to cancer via the serrated pathway. These polyps are flat. They tend to occur in the right side of the colon. They have indistinct borders, can be obscured by a mucus cap, and oftentimes appear very similar in coloration to the surrounding mucosa. These features make these polyps very difficult to detect, but also particularly difficult to remove completely. A study by Heiko Pohl showed that up to 31% of large sesalcerated lesions are incompletely resected. It's therefore not surprising that cancers progressing through the serrated pathway disproportionately represent these really feared post-colonoscopy cancers. Thus, it's critically important that we ensure not only adequate detection of these lesions, but also complete resection of large sesalcerated lesions. Our historical approach really has been conventional endoscopic mucosal resection, which involves submucosal injection and either on-block or piecemeal resection with a hot snare. This technique has been shown to be highly effective with low incomplete resection rates, but is associated with a risk of post-polypectomy bleeding, as well as deep mural injury, which can obviously contribute to procedure-related morbidity as well as cost. It would be ideal if we could find a technique that is safer than conventional hot EMR, but just as effective in completely resecting these lesions. So as I understand what you're saying, we want to make sure that we find these large serrated polyps, especially in the ascending colon. And it's not just hard to find them sometimes because of the mucus cap and because of their coloration but it's tough to make sure we've completely resected them. And at the same time, when we use EMR to resect them, our risk of post-polypectomy bleeding goes up and would like to find a way to minimize that risk. And it looks like the article by Van Hatten and colleagues addressed that with 
cold snare polypectomy, but why don't you go on and tell us in a little bit more detail, exactly how did they assess the efficacy and safety of cold snare polypectomy versus EMR for removing these large serrated lesions? This Australian group has done quite a bit of work and advanced our knowledge of endoscopic resection techniques. And they essentially came up with the idea for the study on the observation that it appears that sesalcerated lesions just appear to have less submucosal fibrosis than conventional adenomas. And so they hypothesized that piecemeal cold snail resection with careful attention to margins and eliminating any islands may very well be just as effective in removing these lesions as hot snare EMR. The advantage, of course, with cold snare resection is that it essentially would theoretically eliminate the risk of any delayed bleeding and significantly decrease, if not eliminate, the risk of any deep mural injury or perforation. So to test this hypothesis, this Australian group compared the safety and efficacy of removing large serrated lesions, which they defined as two centimeters or bigger, and they compared two historical cohorts from the Australian Colon Endoscopic Resection Study, or the ACE study where they essentially took advantage of their historical cohort, where between 2008 and 2016, all large sesalcerated lesions were removed with conventional hot snare EMR. Compared to those sesalcerated lesions removed during 2016 to 2020, which were all removed by piecemeal cold snare resection. They were very careful in their lesion selection. For those that were removed with cold snare technique, They carefully examined the lesions to exclude any lesions that had any features that raised suspicion for serrated lesions with dysplasia or submucosal invasion. And for each of these lesions, they performed piecemeal cold snare polypectomy, ensuring at least three millimeters of a resection margin around the lesion. All the lesions were lifted uh, with a dye-based injectate that included epinephrine. And all patients in the study had structured follow-up to assess any post-procedure adverse events, and also all had repeat colonoscopies at six and 18 months to assess for recurrence. And those are really a couple of strengths of this study, that even though two historical cohorts are being compared, this is in the context of the Australian colon polyp resection study. Where all of this data is being recorded prospectively per protocol with scheduled follow-up colonoscopies per the protocol as well. So it's not truly a retrospective study, and I think that's one of the strengths here. And I was certainly educated about the fact that serrated polyps don't have that same underlying fibrosis as adenomas thus making it amenable to doing cold snare polypectomy. So what did they ultimately find in their results? So this group was able to compare over 150 large sesalcerated lesions that were removed via cold snare to over 400 large lesions removed by conventional hot snare EMR. And what they found is that both techniques have high technical success rate over 99%. The rates of recurrence between the two groups is identical. There's no significant difference between rate of recurrence at both for six months and 18 months, with recurrence rates at six months for both groups being less than 5%, at 18 months for both groups being 2% or less. And really, I think the crux of the findings is that The big difference between the two groups is for those patients who underwent cold snare piecemeal resection, there were zero cases of intraprocedural or delayed bleeding, 
and zero cases of mural injury or perforation. In contrast, for those who had their large sesalcerated lesions removed via piecemeal or on block hot snail resection, 5.1% of patients had clinically significant delayed bleeding and 0.6% had delayed perforation. In summary, what we found from this study, the authors were able to report that the efficacy, the complete resection rates and recurrence rates are identical between these two techniques, but the safety profile is far superior for piecemeal cold snare resection compared to conventional hot snare resection via EMR. And, and that's really the key point, having a 5% clinically important post-polypectomy bleeding rate with hot snare EMR versus zero with piecemeal cold snare polypectomy is a pretty striking difference. In terms of our listeners who are out in practice, are there any limitations how they might apply these data to their own practice? You know, these were expert endoscopists. Did they use any special technique or any special kind of injectate? Anything that should make them a little bit cautious? Should they be worried that they may not be able to differentiate lesions with submucosal invasion versus other lesions? That's a great point. I think there are a few important things to bring up about this study. The first is that all of the lesions were very carefully selected. Classification systems used to determine whether a polyp was at high risk for dysplastic changes or submucosal invasion may not be optical diagnosis classifications that all endoscopists are familiar with. Uh, but with that said, with careful examination, if an endoscopist feels comfortable determining whether a polyp has evidence of dysplasia or submucosal invasion, this is an absolutely appropriate technique for the endoscopist to be able to employ for large serrated lesions. The endoscopist in this study did use a dedicated cold snare, which is in fact recommended per the 2020 Multi-Society Task Force Guidelines for resection of subcentimeter polyps. And so if available, a dedicated cold snare is the ideal tool for piecemeal cold snare resection for large serrated lesions. And then finally, each lesion was lifted. There was a submucosal lift used with a dye-based colloid injectate that had epinephrine mixed in. And so there's a variety of different commercially available solutions. And so if those are part of your practice, I think are easy enough to employ in this technique. What I will say is cold snare technique is the cornerstone for high quality colonoscopy for any level of training, any level of expertise. And so I think that that technique that many of us use in our everyday practice for complete and safe resection of subcentimeter polyps can easily be transposed to, to these large serrated lesions as long as there's careful attention to not leaving any islands for a large serrated polyp that's removed piecemeal and then making sure that there's at least three millimeters of a clear margin on the periphery. I think this is a technique that any endoscopist who's familiar and comfortable with cold snare technique can employ for removal of these lesions. So you're stating that this should really be the standard of care now when we're removing these larger serrated lesions. What do you actually use in your own practice? So I uh, use a collate solution that we have available in our endoscopy lab. There's a variety of solutions out there, whether they be uh, dextrose-based or hydroxypropyl methylcellulose, uh, hydroxyethyl starch, hyaluronic acid. And the one that we use in our practice in particular 
is a solution called ORISE. Other commercially available solutions include Eleview. But the advantage of a colloid solution as opposed to just, for instance, methylene blue and saline is that it remains within the submucosa for a longer period of time than saline alone. And so particularly if you have a very large lesion, it improves the efficiency of the procedure to just be able to inject at the beginning of the resection and then perform your piecemeal resection rather than having to re-inject, which can sometimes be required if you use saline alone. I think that's a really key point to use these types of colloid solutions, like you said, O-Rise or Eleview, because it will stay intact during a more prolonged polypectomy. It doesn't sound like you add epi to the solution. That's a great question. Uh, As part of the study, epinephrine was routinely included in the injectate solution. I personally don't use it in my practice, really based on my heuristic experience that it actually does not necessarily obscure the bed of resection to the degree that it impairs visualization. And we have not had any post-procedure, either immediate or delayed bleeding complications, uh, regardless of whether we add or don't add epinephrine. But I think that does bring up an important question that should be looked at in really balanced way to know whether epinephrine injectate within the solution is necessary to decrease complication rates. To summarize for our listeners, this study demonstrated that piecemeal cold snare polypectomy was as effective as hot snare EMR for the removal of large cestal serrated lesions with a clinically important reduction in the rates of post-polypectomy bleeding from 5% down to essentially 0%. And that the only caution should be that this approach shouldn't be used if there's evidence of submucosal invasion for the large lesion and or dysplasia based on pit pattern. I'd also note that here, the lesions were first injected to lift them with a colloid solution, such as O-Rise or Eleview would be options for you um, in order to facilitate the removal. But really, these data demonstrate that this should become the standard of care compared to using hot snare, which has a much higher rate of post-polypectomy bleeding. With that, We'll close this podcast and thanks very much for listening.